This is Viterbi Voices, the podcast, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more directly from our faculty, students, and other members of the engineering community here at the University of Southern California. This is episode 43 with SC Solar Car, a design team working to create a solar car to enter in the 2017 World Solar Challenge. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Welcome back into Viterbi Voices in 2017. This is episode 43. 43. All right. Episode 43, the first episode of 2017. It's been a little bit of break, so apologies for all 10 of our listeners out there. (laughs) Hey, I looked the other day. We had 100 plays within the last 24 hours of our last meeting. We have a lot of listeners, which is really cool. It was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're We're doing some good stuff out there. Uh, but welcome back in. Hopefully everybody had a great um, holiday break and enjoyed themselves. I know, uh, Alex, what you've been back now for... Oh, what, this, oh this is the end of the second week. This is the end of the second week wow. already? <laughs> I didn't even know. I've been... It's been crazy. It's been crazy. It's been yeah. crazy. But we are we are getting back under... Uh, get our feet under ourselves and, and get some episodes up and running. We got a lot of recording scheduled. Uh, in this episode, we are discussing USC Solar Car. Yeah, Solar Car team. And this is a newer team that was established actually in 2014 officially, uh, in the yeah, spring semester. Um, kind of did a little bit of work. I guess it was my freshman year when they started kind of doing their work. Uh, and now they're, they're fully up and running. And what, SC Solar Car is doing is building a solar car for a design challenge slash car race. Yeah. Um, and it's in Australia. Um, and basically what you do is you have all these teams, they're mostly college teams, um, from all around the world that go and compete, uh, with their different solar car designs with and the world travel. Solar Cup or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. And they travel all the way from the northernmost tip of Australia to the southernmost tip. Over, I think, eight days, a course of eight days, uh, driving eight to five. Obviously, they need a little bit of sun to, to keep the car running <laughs> and the then sunlight, yeah. recharge it at night. Um, but it's this big trek and it happens, I believe, every two years and it's, it's this big deal. Yeah. I get, they said the race is going to be happening in October of 2017. Yes. And so they're gearing up for that. They've been working really hard to just the logistics of getting a team together and then figuring out what their design is going to be, then working on workshop space. And now they're building, they got the chassis built. Um, right now they're trying to figure out the rest of their details so they can get a car ready to go. But it is a complex team. Um, Daniela and Madhav are going to tell you a little bit more about how they got started, the work that they do. Um, the fact that, you know, this is a, it involves lots of different types of engineering students and some non-engineering students too. Uh, kind of put all of their efforts together and hopefully get this car ready and, and get a team of uh, students down to Australia for the competition. They're so. looking for jockey types. As <laughs> they said. That's right. You have to listen to that part. They're looking for jockey types to, to, to drive the car. So, uh, and also still needing lots of donations uh, for parts and money to, to finish up this project. So, uh, I encourage you all to, to check it out and, and listen to it. And if you're a current student here at USC and you're looking for a design team to get involved in, they definitely can use the help as they are one of the younger ones uh, here on campus. So, What about uh, our applicants? Our applicants? Oh, yeah. Well, our ap- what should I say about our applicants? Whether, whether I guess is there anything you can say? Is it I too know. early? <laughs> it's a weird time right now. So we uh, that's a good point. We Thank you. We 
wrapped up our application deadline uh, this past Sunday, um, which was January 15th. That was the final application deadline for first year applications. All of the, the stuff kind of keeps trickling in the processing from the common app and stuff like that. So right now I don't have exact numbers. I do know that we have broken another record. Um, we have just about, I haven't checked today's numbers, 12,000 applications wow. to the engineering school. Um, to put that into context, last year we had 11,000. The year before that we had 10,000. So we've been gaining up and up and up every single year, which is great. There's a lot of great interest in the program. Um, but what people should know is that that likely is going to mean that it's going to be even more competitive to get admitted this year. Um, and so that, that doesn't make us happy necessarily, but it is a, it is a fact. Um, what people should know is that we are um, slightly increasing our freshman class for 2017. And so where last year we were looking to enroll 410 for 2017, we're going to be enrolling or seeking to enroll 450. So a slight increase uh, of our of our freshman class that hopefully doesn't really necessarily make this place bigger, but it at least gives a few more people some shots to, to come in. So we are actively reading applications um, for all the students that applied by the December 1st deadline. Uh, next week they will hear back whether they have been named a scholarship finalist or not. Exciting. Yeah, I know. The scholarship notif- finalist notifications will be going out from the university on Monday. Uh, and then those that were unable to be chosen as finalists will be notified next week as well that they were unable to be chosen as finalists, but they are still in the running for admission. And all applications that have applied for first year uh, admission will receive notification of their admission decision by the end of March. So you just got to sit tight and wait for that, and we'll get in touch with you. And uh, we, we prefer traditional U.S. postal mail. So it'll be, <laughs> it'll be in the mail. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a good point oh, about our applicants. That's what's happening right now. If you're a transfer student, there's still time to apply. The application deadline for transfer students is February 1st. So if you are currently enrolled at a college or university and you had already graduated high school, uh, then you can apply as a transfer student, and that deadline is February 1st. And there's more information always on our website at viterbiadmission.usc.edu. So with that, let's just hand it off to Daniela and Madav to talk a little bit more about the USC Solar Car Team. So, uh... Again, thanks for for sitting down with us. Uh, and uh, Mata, you said yes. Okay, cool. Um, what what year are you? What do you, what do you study? I'm a senior, chemical engineering, um, and uh, I'm doing my PDP as well. So I've got accepted last semester, semester before that, uh, and so I'll be here for another year. Cool, yeah. good stuff. Progressive degree in yes. chemical engineering, in materials as well? engineering, in materials engineering. Yes. Okay, yes. great, cool. Where are you from? Uh, India. I'm an international student. So what part of India? Uh, North New Delhi. Okay. Yeah. Great. Very cool. Uh, and Danielle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a junior. I'm also a chemical engineer. And I'm studying, uh, apart from that, my emphasis is nanotechnology, and I'm also studying computer programming. I was born in Israel, and I moved to San Diego, California when I was eight years old. Wow. Very cool. Oh, what part of San Diego? Carmel Valley. Carmel Valley. Okay, great. Uh, and where in Israel were you born? I was born in a suburb of Haifa, which is one of the major cities. Wow. Do you ever get back? I've been back a few times. It's kind of hard to do. It's uh, pretty expensive. And yeah. 
Yeah. Big but. trip. It is a big trip. <laughs> it is a big trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Danielle Amad, you guys are here because you are talking about uh, USC Solar Car. Yes. And it's a student organization designing and building a solar car for a competition. Is yes. that right? Mm-hmm. Tell, yes. tell us all about it. What, what's going on? So, this is a full-size street legal car that we're designing and building pretty much from scratch. Wow. And uh, we're, we're interested in one of two competitions right now. We're gearing for the World Solar Challenge which is an event that happens every two years, and it's in Australia. Really? Yeah, so the competition uh, goes from the t- topmost point of Australia to the bottommost point. It's about a 3,000-kilometer race um, that goes spans over about uh, a week. Um, and we're team members. Are supposed it's to a week-long race? Yes. That's so, right. So uh, teams go from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, uh, every day. Uh, obviously, because we need the sun. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, and we're supposed to pitch tents. Um, when we're definitely supposed to stop at 5 p.m. and we pitch tents and we stay the night, uh, do any adjustments to the car if required, any changes made uh, that need to be done, and we start again at 8 a.m. the next day. Wow, in yeah. Australia too. That, yes. that's a big trip. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Where, does, fun, where does yeah. it start in Australia? Where's... So it starts in Darwin and it ends in Adelaide. <clears throat> so I am not familiar with the geography of Australia. Where on on it's the continent? From the northernmost point. So Darwin's like one of the northernmost points in Australia, mm-hmm. and goes to the southernmost in Adelaide. And every two years, it's always the same. Yes, location. The same same yes, yes. Cool. How did you find out about this? Is this is this an organization that's been around for a while, or is this something that? You know, you started a, a few this years ago. This is actually a very, very new organization. We started, um, it was actually me and one of my friends, uh, Kevin, who uh, we were in the same dorm uh, together. And uh, he came up with, it was his idea uh, initially. He came up with it and uh, he asked me if I would like to like think about this and join in. So it, it initially started around 2014. We started gathering members um, and officially, I think we started second semester 2014. So spring 2014, right? Um, yeah. Well, I was uh, recruited in the fall, but we we were yeah. building up and the strategy and, and planning the team, and then really went live in spring. Cool. So the race itself is uh, it's a street legal car that you're building. How many people sit in the car or drive the car? It's a one person car, so it's essentially a racing car. That's the class we're uh, competing in. So there are different classes. Hmm. We're competing in the Challenger class, which is essentially like a racing car. Uh, there are also a cruiser class, which is, I think, a two-person um, car. Um, so there are different classes. Um, the actual car has one person, and there has to be like a safety vehicle mm-hmm. that goes behind it at all times uh, with all the team members. And um, we, we can get basically data, live data from the car about temperatures of the soul cells, uh, of performance of the car, basically. So mm. what we're focusing on is the aerodynamics and... and uh optimizing the weight and the performance of this car rather than how many passengers it can hold. Mm-hmm. It depends on what category of the race you'd, you'd like to participate in. Mm. Actually, the funny thing is people were so good at optimizing the weight of the car that they have a minimum weight requirement. And if you don't match that, they will put weights in your car. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and how so, many teams compete every year, I guess, in, in your, just your division? Uh, it's a worldwide um, competition, so teams from all over the world are, are competing. Um, from California itself, um, uh, Stanford and Berkeley are usually the two main teams that compete. Uh, in the United States, I know Michigan has has a very, very good team. Um, and then from Europe, um, 
teams from Netherlands um, are known to do really, really well. I think one of them won last year as well, or the last time it happened. How many of the teams are college students versus actual like professionals uh, in the industry? Uh, most of them are college. It's uh, almost all college It's almost operation. all uh, college operations, yes. Mm, cool. And to to get started in this, when you when you thought about this in 2014, what was basically, what were your first steps? And, and then where are you now in the process to, to actually getting to the race? So starting out, I feel um, we basically just started researching about uh, uh, different teams. So we started looking at different designs that are available and uh, sort of... On a minor side, the costing as well, because obviously that's that's, that's a, a massive yeah. yeah it's it's a massive component of the project. Just the travel alone is exactly <laughs> not to mention building Absolutely. something and yeah. then also transporting <laughs> it. So that was a large part of it. Is um, you always want to use the very best components and and get the best performance, but to a certain extent, you have to optimize what you can afford rather than than what you can dream of. And hmm. then the next step is, and this is a very deliberate and and thought-out process is trying to get connections and finding sponsors and finding actually a workspace to build our car because that is a major concern here. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon yeah so uh we went about the process so initially actually setting up the club uh getting um all the recognitions Mm -hmm. through viterbi through usc uh and then starting out with initial um sort of research so initially we uh had Different teams, um, say we had mechanical team, electrical team, and the systems team um, working on, obviously, mechanical team was working mainly on the chassis, so the initial structure of the car, how, what kind of materials would we need to build it, what kind of design would we need, um, what kind of software do we need to design it, uh, electrical team is obviously working on the battery systems, the motors, what kind of solar cells we need, what, um, can, how, how are we going to actually make the connections to uh, how are we going to join it to the chassis. And the systems team was working on preparing a program to uh, measure and measure the performance of the car. Mm. Um, so these were three main teams. And then obviously we had the business team working um, over all these teams, figuring out what they need and how we can get them and what are the other sources of funding we can get. Yeah. And this has been a great experience for our students too because... We do a lot of uh, computer-aided design and different analyses of our, our model. And um, if you're, for example, in the strategy team, you do a lot of programming with uh, different components of... Uh, we call it strategy because there's an element of optimizing when you would want to head out, for example, when the sun is at its peak and things like that. But processing, for example, the temperature outside because we do have temperature requirements, things like that. So it's it's been a great way for people to apply their skills and to learn new skills with a real-world problem. 
With the solar cells, are you just buying solar cells from other manufacturers, or are you working to kind of create new versions of them? We're uh, right now we're buy- buying solar cells. I okay. I don't think we have uh, sort of the knowledge to uh, yeah, yeah. and the facilities. A little more to, challenging. That yeah, way. it's yeah. a little more challenging. But we are trying to make uh, little prototypes. We have um, sort of the low end solar cells right now. We're trying to prototype those uh, into uh, to see how they perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we're on that stage and we've started uh, talks to actually buy uh, better solar cells to actually fit our car in it. You've talked a lot about business and strategy. Um, what and fundraising is definitely a big part of this as well to, to get the funds to make it work because it's not like money just appears out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> it's not like someone says, "Oh, you want to do a solar car? Here you go." That would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, not to mention other logistics that you brought up. But yeah. what are we talking about for a, for a budget? I mean, for, to get like, do do you know how much it's going to cost you? Do all this stuff? Um, we've estimated somewhere between eighty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. Eighty to hundred thousand uh, yeah. dollars. Uh, Just have... a small little smidge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have about um, twenty thousand dollars in terms of actual money in hand and uh, materials that have been donated to us mm. um, from Viterbi. Uh, we have uh, North of Grumman. Uh, has... We've got some uh, from Boeing as well. Boeing donated us um, carbon fiber for our body. Cool. So that was uh, actually a really, really big step for us. Uh, and and uh, that's some really nice um, way of, of contributing. Sometimes you can't donate money, but, for example, we've had man hours worked being a donated uh, item. We've had materials. Um, materials are really nice um, yeah. because sometimes, for example, with Boeing, this is carbon fiber that used to be airplane grade and is not anymore, so they don't really have a use for it. But we do. Mm-hmm. And it's a great item for us. It's one of those, as we were talking about before, uh, strategizing on materials versus cost. And this is an ideal material for us. And they were able to give it to us. And it was a great help. That's so. awesome. I'm sure Boeing car- carbon fiber is no cheap <laughs> piece of material yeah, either. So. Yeah. Uh, we're, well, we were estimating somewhere between like 8000 to $10,000 worth of carbon fiber we got donated. That's amazing. Yeah. So where are you guys working? Where is your workspace right now? It's behind uh, Carpillion Hall. Um, There are little um, trailers. Um, There are two trailers there. Um, so one, one of them's, I think, Hyperloop and the other one's ours. So we have, we're These are the two there. most recent design teams that have come up. Yes. That's right. right. Yes. Um, so we house all our material, all our tools, our chassis is actually sitting there right now. Um, and we do most of our electrical stuff inside and there's a little space outside as well where we actually, if we need to cut, saw, um, improve on our chassis, that's, that's where we work. And where are you in the build process right now? Um, you, did, you said you have your chassis? Yes, we have our chassis complete. Um, our main focus now was to complete our designs for suspension in the body, uh, which were completed over last semester and over uh, winter break. So that's been done, and now we're working to fabricate our chassis. We're working with Killstress Designs, who were kind enough to actually build our chassis for us. In mm-hmm. co- like uh, One of our team members, Oliver, um, he has some uh, relation with the uh, owners of Killstress. So he was able to go up there and... Um, help them or help us actually uh, get our chassis made and um, according to our specs and now we're working with them again to make our suspensions and we've started um, fabricating our chassis making little prototypes of the carbon fiber layout process Uh um, trying to understand what kind of curing temperatures we need what kind of a curing cycle we need um, 
So that's our next step uh, going into the semester now. That's cool. How is your design different from other designs out there? I mean, you said that you visited a lot of teams or you looked at what was going on. Are, well, at the end of the day, when the race comes, do all the cars look the same or are they, what's different? They're pretty much the same. Um, essentially, all of them have uh, some sort of a variation of a teardrop uh, design. Or you can mm-hmm. consider it like a eye, uh, so that we it's a curved top to maximize um, sort of the area on the solar cells for the sun because sun's going to go in a, right. uh, throughout the day. Uh, and then there's a little bubble for the person to sit in. Huh. So most of the, most of the uh, outside of the car is really determined by aerodynamics and maximizing the area for the solar panels. Um, as to the circuit design, I really wouldn't know yeah, whether it's all uh, the same. Again, most of the teams have a very similar sort of layout for the where to put the motor, how how yeah. many wheels we need. Uh, again, and there are very strict regulations as well. Got it. Um, they have many rules on how many wheels you need. Again, as we said, weights, uh, what kind of height uh, clearance do we need uh, mm. for the car? Um, so where everyone has to remain in those regulations, obviously, mm-hmm. to compete. So there's not. Uh, much um, difference when it comes to actual like looks from outside uh, and that's mainly what we've seen from teams we've visited and we've spoken to um, obviously they wouldn't want to share designs with us but uh, yeah. that's essentially what we've got that most of the cars do look pretty and that's also because uh, not only do you have to meet the requirements of the competition but also as we've said before this is a street legal car yeah and so all the safety standards and things like that those are um Factors that go into the design of the car as well. Huh. Who makes up your guys' team? We're actually a pretty diverse team. We've uh, we've got a surprisingly <coughs> high amount of females as well as you would expect in a design team like this to have a lot of mechanical engineers and um, mm-hmm. maybe a lot of electrical engineers as well. And we do have quite a bit of them, but we also have a few um, uh, philosophy majors. We have a lot of, as you could tell, chemical engineers <laughs> even in the leadership yeah. here. Um and so, really, we take mostly engineering students, but really anyone who's willing to learn and put in the time to uh, to work with us on this and to gain some new skills. That's great. How many people? We're about, um, our board's about 10 people, okay. um, and um, each sub-team has about five to six, like, dedicated members, and they're full team, so about 40, 30 to 40 That's people. That's great. That's um, really cool. We're, like, dedicated into working do you guys have a schedule that you tend to work on the car, or like when when can we find you out there working? Is it like all, all not all not hours? today, not today, <laughs> not today, definitely. <laughs> uh, but uh, we have um, weekly general meetings where the entire team or whoever can show up, pretty much, um, they come together, talk about uh, what everyone's doing. So we give up updates for every sub team, mm. and we talk about our plan and sort of logistical and admin stuff with them. And then each sub team has uh, their own sort of. Um, workshop time, uh, which is again very throughout the week. Uh, mechanical team has theirs Monday nights and Thursday nights, um, so that's when probably you'd see us <laughs> working outside cap. Uh, if there's not too much work in the workshop, uh, if we're designing, sort of researching still, then we tend to stay in cap. Uh, we usually use our rooms in cap because it's closer. Sure. And we've always worked with this design because it's very important for us that there's open communication between the different teams. Mm-hmm. So you do meet with your own team and you work on the specific tasks, but you also get that big picture every week to see what everyone's working on 
and uh, to be able to understand how the car works in in aspects different than what you're specifically working on. It's really cool that you have all the different types of engineering majors all working on it because this is definitely a, a project that requires everyone. You yes. can't just do Absolutely. one. The interdisciplinary aspect is really Absolutely. cool because Absolutely. a lot of a lot of design teams you have, you know, you have a lot of the same people working on right. very similar tasks, and this is taking it from all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it strictly student-led and run, or do you have any uh, faculty sponsors that kind of help you out, or is it more of the, you know, all of you doing the legwork? The only thing, in order to be uh, registered as a club here in Viterbi, we do have a faculty advisor, and I think she's been able to help us out with materials sometimes from her lab. Um, it's Alice Parker. Oh, yeah. And um, very involved in but solar. other than that, mm-hmm. it's very much the designs, the plans, the timeline are all set by the students. So it is all pretty much all you yeah, yeah, which is, is cool. Completely. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What got you two individually interested in getting involved in solar car, especially as someone going into chemical engineering? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so most people would think, oh, that's a car competition, yes. right? And they don't, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. assume. But I know there's there's different links than that. But I'm just curious how you saw yourselves getting involved or having this passion. Personally, for me, it was sort of twofold. I've always, firstly, I've always been interested in sort of the renewable energy aspect of mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's one of my major interests, and um, that's what kind of drew me into it initially. Uh, second aspect was uh, I initially started out uh, leading sort of the materials research team. So I was trying to figure out what kind of materials we'd need for the chassis, what kind of materials we need, what wheels we need. what. And that's uh, your degree program. Exactly. And you're all about materials engineering. So, so like, that's what I will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 kind of, that's the second aspect of what drew me into it. Uh, the materials aspect of it, not as much as aerodynamics or yeah. the mechanical aspect of it, but uh, sort of different materials, a wide variety of materials we'd be working with and how they'll gel together, basically, mm-hmm. and come up with the final product. Cool. When I uh, was recruited to the e-board of this team, I actually, it was my um, second week on campus, and I had just come in from high school where I was a co-founder of a robotics team, and... I really enjoyed the design process. I went to Torrey Pines High School. Torrey Pines, yeah. Yes. Um, and it was a great process designing and building with, with my peers and competing. And we actually got to the world championship. And that was something that I really liked and really missed when I started, you know, exploring my classes and the opportunities on campus. And having heard that it's not a team that would only take one major and that Anyone who's willing to work and to learn would be able to gain these new skills. I really, really like that idea. It's like so that I, next level beyond what robotics was. Absolutely. Like, especially because robotics is like, okay, here's what you're going to build, and you guys can go build it. And now this is like, okay. Go free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. We'll yeah. see you there. Pretty and much, then, yeah. When, now, the competition's this year, right? Yes. Okay. It's on it's in October, uh, and yes, uh, October second week. I think that's when the competition is October fourteenth. Wow! Um, so it's coming up fast. Um, yeah. We nine months. Yeah, uh, our plans now. Uh, obviously, we've started ramping up our process now, and um, we hope to have our car essentially done by the end of the semester. Um, throughout the break uh, or summer break, we hope to sort of test it, improve it. Um, uh, a lot of us are seniors, so we hope to sort of stick around for a while to kind of complete the car. Um, and then uh, I think we have to ship it some, we're planning to ship it sometime in July. 
uh, July, August, because uh, really? it has to be there before, because there's a very extensive screening process that goes through before the competition. Um, so a couple of members and the car need to be there about, I think, three-ish weeks before. Wow. <laughs> you can be in Australia for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad deal. Yeah. How, many, how many members are you planning on sending to Australia? Well, uh, our first goal is to actually complete the car. <laughs> so a lot of it is dependent on if we actually get the car done. Um, we want to have um, several several drivers so they can alternate throughout the day. That's very important. Yeah. Um, I have so many questions that, about the actual day. That I don't want to get to. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure. Um, so apart from that, there's also a requirement that you would have a car driving in front of your race car and a car driving behind. Uh, just so that the other cars on the Australian highways don't get very uh, weirded out when they see this. There's a a UFO behind them? (laughs) Absolutely, yes. (laughs) So uh, according to that rough calculation, I would say maybe 10 people. That's what we're planning, 10 to 15 uh, people. And you have to raise funds to get that going. Yes, yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Wow. That's That's a lot of work to do in nine months. Do you think you're going to make it? Uh. I believe so. I, th- I think um, uh, I think we have um, really good members, and uh, we, we we're definitely really pushing hard to get this car complete because it's it's been a pretty long and tough journey so far, mm-hmm. uh, and and we can see sort of our goals there now um, with the designs ready. We just need to actually spend workshop time in the workshop and start building stuff. Um, so I, I think we can we can get it done. Um, it's it's going to be an uphill battle, but yeah. mm-hmm. I think this is great experience for anyone who uh, would like to start a, a startup at any time. Um, it's very much the same process. Yeah, trying to get funding, getting this product through, having this timeline, and I think I think we got this. What are, what are the biggest hurdles you've you know run into that you've had to you know figure out you know like a curveball and you're like whoa this is not what I expected I you know maybe this is not something I was prepared for that you kind of worked through and were able to learn something from I guess our initial like initially was just sort of establish ourselves get um, sort of um, on the good side of a turvy so to speak mm-hmm. uh, actually uh, and then our next battle was actually getting workshop space uh, uh, because we needed stuff. We uh, we had we needed stuff to put our tools in. Uh, once our chassis was done, we needed stuff to put our. We needed a place to put our chassis in. Um, so, uh, according to me, the workshop um, space getting that that was one of the biggest sort of challenges. And uh, thankfully, Viturbi helped us a lot with that. And now we are situated there. Uh, obviously, secondly, the funding was uh, naturally a massive, massive ongoing problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think we've, in terms of design, we've had a pretty good run. Uh, we did have standards have changed over time, so we uh, tweaked our design to match them. Um, but other than that, it's been pretty good. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Okay. 
Now, um, do you, uh, I'm assuming this will be listened to also by some of our current students. And um, do you have space for other people to join your team? Do you have things for them to do if, if we have some current students that are looking to join a design team? Absolutely, absolutely. We, we're always looking for new members who are willing to um, put in the time and effort into it. We have a general meeting coming up this Thursday, right? Uh, yes, on the on the uh, 26th, I think it is. So, um, and also we have a website where all our details are posted. Um, our general meeting is probably going to be in CAP um, somewhere at 6, 637. Mm-hmm. Um we're not really sure of details yet. Uh, we're still waiting on, I think, room reservations. That's right. Um, but that will that'll be basically sort of our semester intro session. So for, anyone can just come to the meeting. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. look you up on your website. Yes. Absolutely, USCSolarCar.com? dot com. Yes, that's right. It is. It is. Okay, cool, good stuff. Um, now I am so curious about. The, I know you're not there yet, but I'm curious how the eight to five works. You were, <laughs> and, and I guess the best thing is. To be because it is a race. It's whoever completes it the That's fastest. Right. Um, well, it's essentially a distance race. Uh, okay. Come uh, because there are a lot of teams that don't end up completing it at all. Got it. Some teams break down in the middle of it. Uh, motor problems. Um, mm-hmm. Battery blew up or some solar cells <laughs> not working. Um, so the concern with the time constraints is that we are entirely solar powered. And so not only do you um, have to charge during when you're driving, but you do have to stop when, before the sun goes down, ideally, so that you have some time to charge your batteries up um, and be ready for the next day. How long, how long does a charge take? So like, let's say in an ideal situation, you're going to drive all day and the sun's going to go down. When do you, how far do you need, or how much time do you need to leave for that charging session? I think it's about four to six hours-ish. Um, so that's that's essentially the night um, okay. uh, we'll be working on. Uh, so what uh, I sort of read and have uh, seen from other teams is that uh, once they're done for the day, they sort of work on the car, fix little things, mm-hmm. and then they leave um, sort of the battery charging and start up again the next day. Okay. All right, cool. And so you're going to hope to rotate people in and out of the driver's seat? Yes, it's known to get pretty warm and really stuffy <laughs> because there's about, uh, I think, 10 centimeters um, uh, around. That's that's it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. So there's not enough, there's not space to so you move. you can't be claustrophobic at all. Yes, that's that's <laughs> definitely, <laughs> yeah, so oh no one claustrophobic is going to be driving that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do either of you want to drive? Well... Being an international student, I don't really have a license. We do need to have a license uh, uh, to drive, so um, I probably not. Uh, also, I'm slightly big and fitting in that car right, is also. Yeah. So we're looking for the jockey type uh, driver. So you're looking for, for looking for smaller smaller Absolutely, people. Yes, uh, the jockey type. <laughs> um, so you need drivers then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good. So, uh, for any of you out there that are short and like small spaces <laughs> and want to go to Australia, then I guess and like I guess driving fast as well. <laughs> like driving fast. So. How fast is it going to go? Uh, it's, it is a highway car, so um, it, it's not going to. We're not going super fast. This is not NASCAR. Um, <laughs> but I yeah. think the so, the top speeds are like the really really good cars can go up to like eighty to hundred miles an hour. Wow. But usually. Teams average about thirty to forty miles an hour, which is still that's pretty still, pretty good. Supposed yeah. to be one hundred percent solar. Yeah. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And they allow you to go that fast, even like 
I, I don't know Australian highway <laughs> laws or, or speed limits. Yeah. You're allowed to just, you know, yeah. haul off and go 100 yeah. miles an hour? Yeah, there, there are a lot of teams, uh, or again, those are like established teams that have been doing this for so long. Um, so I, uh, I remember what, like, our um, sort of person started this, Kevin, he actually uh, did a semester abroad um, in Australia. So he actually got the chance to volunteer at the event. Oh. Um, so he brought back a ton of stories about um, different cars and their experiences. So he he's the one who's telling us that uh, there are a few cars that actually go pretty, pretty fast. <laughs> what is Kevin doing now? Um, he's just finishing his PDP. Um, his graduate degree? Uh, yes. Um he was a mechie, uh mechanical engineer, and uh, um, he's now, I think, uh, he's starting his internship with SpaceX. With SpaceX. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to do after graduation? Hmm. Well, I still have another year to think about that. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a horrible question to ask. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm doing PDP as well, right. and it's like, I, get to, I tell everyone I'm delaying, you know. Yeah. Like, um, I'm, I am looking for an internship. Um, over here to stay in, um, yeah. hopefully LA over the summer. I kind of work, want to work in the, either the renewable sector or um, the water treatment sector. Those okay. are two of my main interests. Uh, and again, in the materials field, so yeah. doing some kind of R&D. That okay. Way, yeah. So for me, I'm a junior, so I also have a, a little bit of time to think this through. <laughs> but it's less of an industry as a um, type of work. And what I'm interested in is nanotechnology, which has applications in a lot of different fields. Uh-huh. Okay. Anything in particular that sounds cool? Uh, what I like is um, energy storage, energy capture. Uh, there's a lot of nanotechnology involved in that, as well as some medical fields. Um so it really depends. Materials are also a pretty good field to go into with nanotechnology. Okay, cool. Uh, and then Danielle, you know, we just hosted the the first. Were you part of the first robotics at Tory Blanks? Yes, I was. Okay, we just hosted the the kickoff event two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Very nice. The build season is now going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any advice for anyone out there that's on a first robotics team right now of of, of what they should be doing right now or lessons you've learned in being involved? <laughs> well, I think what we've learned in my team is uh, I think you should take an example from MacGyver when you can. MacGyver? <laughs> you don't necessarily need the most expensive components. Sometimes a Pringles can will do. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen lots of Pringles cans on robots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. so that's always fun. You find household items and you use them on your robot, and it works great. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to solar car that we we didn't cover? I mean, I, um, really good conversation, really cool stuff. I wish you all the best of luck. I I think we covered pretty much so, what. Yeah. Okay, people can find you at uscsolarcar.com. Anywhere else? Right. Anything yeah. else you want to promote or tell uh, sponsors? About? Sponsors. Yeah, if okay. there are any sponsors listening, <laughs> we're happy. There's a sponsors tab on our website. Okay. Uh, where We'd like to thank uh, Northrop Grumman absolutely. and Boeing and Killstress, <laughs> yes. as well as Viterbi. Um, yeah. So cool. So you definitely need money. We know that. But is there any other types of materials that you need right now that you can foresee need? um, needing? Obviously, plane tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very nice. Well, right now we're uh, looking into actually getting uh, an oven and a freezer. There's for our carbon composite curing. 
So our carbon is it, uh, like pizzas. Or <laughs> <laughs> our uh, carbon fiber is actually sitting in a freezer space uh, about two hour drive away right now. Wow. So we need to get that here to actually start using it. Is this a standard like freezer or is it? Like... Um, yeah, essentially it's a standard freezer. Um, a little bigger, I would imagine. Yeah, obviously uh, it's. Uh, right. So but the walls of carbon fiber are are fairly large. Um, so we have like rolls of carbon fiber. It's pre-preg. It's uh, pre-impregnated with resin, so that's why it has to be uh, kept in a very low temperature so that the resin doesn't harden up. Um, what does Rocket Lab do? Don't they? No, they don't use, car- they use carbon. No, they use they fiberglass. Use, they use carbon fiber for their nose cone. For their nose cone. Uh, so we have spoken with them, but again, they don't use pre-preg, so they don't have too much freezer space. Oh. Um, uh, they have resin, and they actually uh, do the entire process with, it, uh, with right. dry carbon fiber. Okay. Um, so I'm actually speaking with, um, um, I'm trying to reach out to Dr. Nutt's lab as well, because uh, yeah. they do a lot of composites work. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably going to ask him if we can sort of. How, how big does that freezer need to be? Um, well, I, I'm guessing we'll bring like rolls out, so I don't have exact dimensions, but decently big. I'm <laughs> uh, not really sure, not exact. Do you have an item that you would compare the size of a roll to? I. Um, I can't think of one right now. Is the roll like under six feet? Yes, oh, you yes. can say about a height. Uh, yeah. five five feet probably. Wow, that's so a pretty big, that's a big freezer. <laughs> big freezer. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you basically need like a deer freezer. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice actually. If if anyone out there um, has a spare deer freezer uh, and and wants to donate it, we're here for you. So wow. so the fridge or the freezer will you know keep it at that temperature then yes. what do you use the oven for it's for the curing for of the it. curing so process. once uh, we've sort of laid it up into the mold we need um it has to reach about um close to 80 degrees celsius 80 to 100 degrees celsius wow. um for it over about three to four hours uh wow. for it to actually so the resin can harden and we can actually get the shape we need How- um and how big do you need that oven to be? Well, uh, that's one thing we're considering with the designs. Um, a lot of, we could either make small parts and cure them individually. Uh, ideally, we would like to make the entire shell and cure that at one time. Uh, obviously, an oven that size is not practical <laughs> at all. So, How big is a ceramics kiln? I don't know what you're looking at, looking you. at me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pottery over there. I mean, like, I, that might be something to talk to the to the art school as well. I don't know if a ceramic cone could change temperature or whether you need it to be a certain type or something right. like that. But that's my first thought of something on campus. That's something we can definitely look into. That would be great, that, yeah. yeah. I can only imagine just, like, a huge shell just, like, going in <laughs> the oven, preheating yeah. that, all that. Yeah. Might be something to look at, though. Absolutely. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how, I honestly have no idea how that works and whether the temperature is that fine-tunable. Um that might be something interesting to look at. Huh. Okay. Well, cool. Hopefully people are listening and get you some more contact. And I wish you guys the best of luck. And um, get an update before the summer. And then hopefully in October, Absolutely. you guys get to go yeah. make a trip Absolutely. down under. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Well, good luck, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so much. Thank really you so much for having us.